0: Hello everyone. This is Cassie Burns, co-founder of All Your Data. I'm an attorney who's been using AI and machine learning for 10 years. I love data and love talking to people about data. And that's what this podcast is about. Each episode of Cassie and will feature a new guest. Each guest comes from a different background with a different approach and attitude towards technology. We'll talk about their experiences and hopefully we'll learn a thing or two. Thanks for joining. Let's get started with Cassie and Dina Burke. Dina, thank <laughs> you so much. Dina, thank you so much for joining us today. Dina Burke today on this episode of Cassie and. Now, Dina, it's a very exciting day for me because you have been my gateway drug to so many types of emerging technologies through a group you co-founded, Boys Club. So I would love for you to give a quick intro of yourself to the audience.
1: Well, first of all, Cassie, thank you so much for having me. It's such a pleasure and honor to be here. Uh, yeah, my my name is Dina. My, uh, I'm co-founder of, as you mentioned, a group called Boys Club. Um, I'm a marketer by background and training, spent most of my career in marketing and really sort of marketing at the intersection of emerging technology and kind of culture, which is still where I found myself today, and started Boys Club about two years ago. You um, can talk a little bit more about that, but that's me. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I will say I first learned a Boys Club through an article I think Vox wrote about a mm-hmm. meetup that you all had in New York. And I said, I have to follow this group. I have to get involved. So yeah, please
1: tell the audience a little bit about what Boys Club is. Sure. So You can think of Boys Club in sort of two parts. One part is it's a community of thousands of people around the world, primarily women, who are really interested, curious, and optimistic about technology and want to learn about it, want to learn how to integrate it into their careers and the things that they care about, like art and fashion and sports and tech, whatever it is that you're into. I would say, like, that for many people, is sort of the core of Boys Club. It's this community that gets together online. We have a Discord, and we do a lot of IRL events as well. And yeah, it kind of has this spirit of sort of curiosity and optimism about technology, emerging technology, in all sorts of different forms. We sort of started from crypto and Web3, but really explore a lot in the community now that's not just crypto stuff. And then Boys Club is one part media company. So We started doing boys club events and the community really formed very organically from just getting people together into a room to talk about technology. And then similarly, a a similar thing happened with the media company where we had this community of people and then all of a sudden it was like, let's do a a weekly newsletter or we're talking about some of the things that are coming up in conversation in the community. And then let's, I don't know, experiment with the podcast and... Now here we are two years later and we have three different podcast shows. We have two a twice weekly newsletter and we do a twice yearly physical zine magazine and still a ton of events. So events is really the heartbeat of Boys Club. And yeah, that's a big part of still what we do is getting people together, both just in community socially and also sort of to learn in community as well.
0: And one thing I really love about the community is it's very embracing of people new to Mm. whatever your poison is when it comes to emerging technology. There are a lot of people that are very focused on AI or DAOs or DeFi, but there's also a safe space if you're kind of a newbie and you just want to feel like you can ask questions without. Feeling like an idiot. There's a no dumb questions channel, which is a I have spent a lot of time in that <laughs> that one. But I think it's really important because there is such a cultish vibe, to be perfectly honest, about new tech, bro tech talk kind of a thing. And it it creates a level of exclusion. And the Boys Club isn't about that. we're We're not about gatekeeping. It's really about opening the doors and demystifying a lot of this. It's a great resource for a lot of people, whether it's podcasts or just getting access to the discord server.
1: yeah. I'd say this idea of learning together in community and having, you know, a quote unquote, safe space to ask any type of question is really what we started from That was the impetus to do our very first event was, Okay, all this crazy stuff is happening in crypto web three. At the time, it was October 2021. So, that was, if you remember, if you're in crypto, that was kind of peak last bull run. Lots of hype around NFTs that was happening around that time. You also saw the emergence of Friends with Benefits. I think they just got their first New York Times right up around that time, which is Social DAO. Top Shot had happened over the summer. Um, and yeah, it was kind of this moment where. All of a sudden we were looking around and being like, what what's going on here? At one, what is this? Two, how what does this mean for my career? And three, like, how do I learn about it that isn't the weird and aggressive threads that are happening on crypto Twitter? And so that was really what we wanted to do at first, was just like create this space to come together and to ask questions. And that's really translated very well online. I'm so glad you've spent time in the No Dumb Questions channel. It's one of my favorite channels in our Discord as well, <laughs> both to ask questions and also to answer questions. I think a big part of what people get out of Boys Club is like also being that resource for other people who are new. And that's really gratifying and really fulfilling to sort of act as a. a Like when you do have that expertise to feel like you have a place to share it with people who are just getting started. So, um, yeah, that's that's a big part of how we started and where we came from.
0: I got my wallet because of Boys Club, because of the wingman program that you had set up. Nice. Where if, you, if you're if you a newbie and you needed to pair up with someone who was a little bit more knowledgeable, you guys set up a, a wingman type of a thing. And I got paired up with Katie Bedford, who was a guest on my first season of my podcast. And my thing was, I want to buy an NFT because I like the community aspect of some of the mm-hmm. NFT projects. And mm-hmm. it's all token gated. And I had no idea how to do any of that. And we spent 30 minutes. I still have my notes in a notebook of,
1: oh, I love you that. You do
0: this, and, first you, and then you do that. And then for people who are really, really busy, and I think time is the resource that no one has anymore, mm-hmm. the steps you have to go through to engage with some of these new forms of technology, it's so different from the trad web type of engagement experience. And totally. Having that time to kind of walk through, you're going to have to do this and you're going to have to do that because a lot of that information isn't really easily available online. I feel like maybe it's better now, but having that person to kind of hold your hand, you know, walk, be your little Samwise walking, you know, to Mordor to get your wallet to enter that new zone. You know, I, I couldn't have done it without Boys Club. So, I love to hear um, that. Yeah,
1: I, I, the, the friction, particularly in Crypto and Web3 is so high. You have to really Want to figure it out. And I think for a lot of people, that's tough. And so having that sort of social moment where someone is, yeah, with you there to help you is really important. And I think it's particularly high with Crypto and Web3. And I think it's also like it's there with some AI tooling as well. And so I think we're seeing a lot of. Energy around a similar thing for like how do I best leverage some of these AI tools that are coming out? What does it mean for me? What does it mean for my career? It's like kind of the same questions over, just with like a new vertical. So I'm so glad it was useful for you, and yeah, it's something that I think there's a, there's a lot of groups that are excellent at curriculum. Shifi comes to mind. Like if you're more of like a curriculum and like program person that wants to sit and learn in that type of environment, Shifi is incredible resource and we love them and love maggie love and but for other people like they're just like a learning by doing type of person and so that's like it's just you know sort of how you approach different problem sets so anyway i'm i'm glad that that's how you got your wallet together it was amazing. It was it was, it took more time, you know,
0: in reality when I finally did it. But I'm a tinkerer. I work in technology and the legal world, and yeah. so for me to understand how it works, I have to play with it. Do it, so, yeah, totally, um, You, totally. you got to do it. And you know, I think the comment you make about AI is interesting because AI is the area that I'm much more comfortable in. I've dealt with AI for over 10 years, mm. and I'm seeing people talk about AI and they're using it in such a shallow way that like they're overhyping it. It makes my life so much easier or it's just horrible. And Mm -hmm. that's what I love about platforms like Boys Club, that there are people that they're not going to just hype it up to make their, their feed good, you know, get the clicks or whatever, get the likes, because you do have to work at some of these tools. It's not easy. And people don't want to admit that stuff online when they're talking socially. So
1: again, it's a great just place to go. And Thank you. Yeah, man, there's so much bad AI clickbait out there. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: I I know how to use AI, but there's still so much that I have to just do on my own, because yeah. I know I can get it done faster. So. Yeah. People that are really overselling how much they can get done with AI, they're probably maybe not being completely honest with everybody, so maybe downplaying (laughs) things. But I do want to talk about friction, frictionless experiences, and I want to talk about what it's like managing a large and building a large community on Discord. Mm. Again, Boys Club was my entree into Discord. I'm a Gen Xer, so, and I'm not a gamer. It's not a platform I was familiar with, and I'm not going to lie, there's a lot of chaos to Discord that creates so much anxiety in my life. So I can't imagine what that's like as a founder and, and someone really kind of key to that. So can you maybe just talk a little bit about what that Discord vibe is like for people who may not know what it's like, and then also just what it's like building that
1: community? Yeah, the Discord of it all. Uh I will say Discord is an imperfect tool. It's definitely not my favorite thing in the world, not my favorite platform, but we kind of were um kind of backed into it for a number of different reasons, which I can talk through. But basically, Discord for folks who aren't familiar, it's I, I think born from gaming, where basically you can set up your own little server or your own little chat room, basically. And Gamers love it, set up their own servers, and they chat away. And then it was adopted by the Web3 and crypto movement, I suppose, because there's all sorts of like mods that you can put into your Discord server where you can like have things be token gated. There's, It's really easy to sort of manipulate and manipulate using the tooling of Web3 and crypto. So that's why crypto and Web3 really embraced Discord as like the the place that they're spinning up their communities and i think also because a lot of people come from gaming who are into crypto three not me discord was totally new to me as well and i will say looking at our stats and this is an old number but i think it was something like 50 percent or 70 percent of all the people who were joining the boys club discord were also new to discord so we have a community that's like totally not prime for discord um but it kind of felt like the thing to do at the time where this was a year and a half ago. So I think if we were starting over now, we would make some different decisions about (laughs) where to call sort of home base. But that was a decision that was made at the time. And for folks that manage communities, there's a huge risk and cost, like community cost in migrating platforms. So at this point now, we're like, not willing to take not willing to eat that cost of potentially losing members and engagement and all that with migrating to a new platform now i will say the boys club discord is intentionally capped at two thousand members so you say that discord is overwhelming and noisy it absolutely is and you'll go like for some of these other nft communities and you'll go into their discords and it's like hundreds of thousands of people and even the um ai ones are like insane you're in there and you're like these are this is a crazy environment we've intentionally kept ours very, very intimate and application gated. So the other part of Discord is it's really scammy. There's like spams and you're you're like afraid to click on links that you see in Discord because you're like, is this going to drain my wallet? Is this going to take me to some weird site? We have an application for everyone that is joining our Discord channel. And basically we're just sort of vetting for, are you looking to come into this community with an Extractive mindset, or are you looking to come into this community with a value adding mindset? And so we do some vetting for that. And but the result is that, like, that's more work and it means we have smaller numbers, but it means that the community is a lot more, I think, valuable for people that are in there and intimate. And we get a lot less like spam issues and stuff like that. So it's really nice. People like rent each other like apartments, they share Airbnbs when we travel for conference. It's like it's a really nice space. And I know that. That's probably not the experience that a lot of people have with other Discord servers.
0: Yeah. I I'm in other Discord servers because of some of the NFT projects I've gotten into, but they're it's mainly I'll dip into Boys Club and maybe dip into one or two other because like the level of of commenting and chatter, it's consumable, I feel like. Whereas, totally. There's some where there are people just messaging, 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 and the way that that communication flow happens, it just if you're not constantly in it. You're you feel like I I can't be part of this conversation. Yeah. So it's you have to commit a hundred percent for some of those groups. And I just I have commitment issues. I can't. I have to back out. So I totally get
1: that. I actually think that that's a limitation that we have for Boys Club too, where it's like there's very regular there's there's people who post in there very regularly and they're in there and they're starting conversations, they're in every conversation, and they're very visible in the community. And I know that there are some people who are watching that and feeling like they're like can't jump in they're not welcome to jump in and I think that's something that I hate to see because I'm like everyone yes there are people who are in here regularly and having all sorts of conversations all the time and anyone can join and come into this chat that we're having about whatever it may be so if anyone is listening that's a voice club member that's maybe a discord lurker I encourage you to jump into conversations even if you've never commented before ever Mm -hmm. just jump in where everyone's
0: super friendly like very very friendly in there it's such a, and I don't want to get too much of male, female, men versus women, but it is kind of that female inclination to just be quiet, and don't back. jump in, yeah. mm-hmm. like, oh, what if people be overcritical? We're so critical of ourselves. So mm-hmm. yes, I agree. Just jump into the fray. Just jump in. Yeah. There are a lot of people who don't know what they're talking about, but act like they're talking about, <sighs> like they know, let that be your inspiration. So, totally. you know, totally. just just jump into it. But um, I do, you know, you do have an an event coming up Mm. in March Mm. in in my home state in Austin. I'm from, I'm in Fort Worth. So, and I do have a ticket to it. I will say I went to Consensus last year Mm -hmm. and I, I'm an introvert and a Gen Xer and I've only kind of been a semi lurker on the discord server. And I went to the boys club party Mm -hmm. and didn't know anyone and just bounced after like, 10 minutes because Yours. it was just it was <laughs> too much but I really am hoping to actually get there to the event that you have coinciding with South by Southwest new yes. new brand right so brand new yes brand, brand new. new sorry
1: yes. sorry so excited to see you and meet you in person no worries that you bounced from the hoedown that we threw in Austin I totally get that it's overwhelming especially in like a super hyper social environment like that brand new is going to be very different so we're doing a one day summit Two hundred people, full day of programming, ten to six keynotes panels, and also workshops, all centered around the new consumer internet. basically, the idea for brand new was born from we had gone to basically every crypto conference over the past year and a half. Uh, I've done a lot of traveling. We did seventeen events last year. It's like a crazy um number too many but yeah we we've been going and hitting up basically all different kinds of crypto events and web three events and love them and love the energy that happens around those moments, but we're really finding that there was a huge missing conversation around the application layer of crypto and that the conversations primarily at these crypto events were by developers, for developers that were really talking in the stack. They were layer ones, layer twos, they're talking infrastructure and that's great and those conversations are absolutely appropriate and need to happen. And there's also a conversation that needs to be facilitated about this application layer and how crypto fits into the broader digital culture and a broader landscape of emerging technologies that are happening right now, converging at this moment and creating this idea of like a new consumer internet. And so that's the conversation that we're really interested in facilitating and doing it intentionally in a place that is maybe... Crypto skeptical, maybe crypto critical. So not like it could have been 10 times easier for us to go to an East Denver or any one of these crypto conferences and do kind of a side conference there and get a bunch of crypto people in the room. And that would be what it is. But we're really intentionally going to a place that is not our home territory, um, going to South by Southwest, which is by many, many people think is sort of the technology and culture event of the year going into that space where there are brand leaders and business leaders from web 2, from traditional consumer brands and working to like get those folks into the room because there's a bridge that needs to happen. And I don't know who else is doing that. So we're we're interested in doing that work. It's very hard work because the narrative around crypto, is extremely toxic in in sort of mainstream press, understandably so. It's been, there's been a a lot of bad dudes that have been dominating the headlines. And so part of what we're hoping to do in the day is do some sort of vision casting. Like this is what's possible with this new technology. We work with such creative and progressive people in an everyday, and there's so many well-intentioned people in this industry. And it's like, that's what we want to show to The Web2 and Trad brands and the traditional agency people and the folks that are going to South by Southwest because they're going to South by Southwest. And if we can get like half the room, like be a representative of people who are new and maybe skeptical or maybe don't really understand crypto, that's the work that we're interested in doing. And so the programming that we're lining up is like, let's bring in the brightest minds and builders to sort of do some vision casting and talking about like showing, not telling about what crypto and Web3 makes possible as like a rail for this new consumer internet and also layering in like broader digital culture themes, creator economy stuff, AI stuff, because that's all there. We can't just like silo the conversation about crypto and Web3. So that's brand new March 12th, Austin. We would love to have you if you're listening, get in touch and so excited to meet you there in person, Cassie.
0: Yeah, yeah. My law firm's office is right across the street from where nice. the event is. I may get some FaceTime with some people because I work remotely and get get to know some of you all that I've been talking to or working with. But I do have to have a question. Is there going to be a Gua Sha Expo <laughs> or anything? Because here's one great thing that I love about Boys Club Server is there's a really really banging server or channel about skincare. So, mm-hmm. and it mm-hmm. it is my side love. And I do feel that beauty tech is about to have a moment. I don't know if you feel that way too, but totally. I yeah. I just
1: we it, uh, there's a lot of love for skincare beauty tech as you're calling it. In Boys Club and Out of Boys Club, I think you're t- totally right. I think it's it's coming. We are going to have some really fun gift bags. You should get excited for that which have some fun related things in them that we're planning.
0: Well, and I love that you're focusing on that application consumer layer, because I see those same kind of discussions in the context of AI, AI governance, AI regulation, where there's a lot of focus on the very technical side of AI, which is important, like from NIST and other other groups that are out there. But the point of failure is always the consumer, (laughs) nearly always the consumer side. And that's really where I fit in that role of, of AI being that power user, being the one to create, you know, protocols and have a defensible process and things like that. And it is kind of nearly an afterthought, but it's going to be the, the regular person off the street that's going to be using these tools that potentially are very powerful. I think that, and that's nearly where I, I read Uncanny Valley. It's a memoir from someone who worked in Silicon Valley, kind of in that, that uber growth of all of those unicorns out there and she had okay. a publication she has a publishing background and and but she went there because she's making nothing in publishing and there were a lot of opportunities to get in early with all these startups and her skill set wasn't seen as very valuable because she didn't have the engineering background but she mm-hmm. was the one dealing with troubleshooting and making sure that integration and the use of those tools was really important and I I feel like we're going to start seeing that focus on the soft skills and those people that can really connect the broader public with these technologies beyond the people who maybe actually build the tools. Are you kind of seeing that as well, Dina, in the conferences you go to or in the the conversations totally. you're
1: having? Yeah, absolutely. That really resonates with me. I think um I yeah, I I I I think it's easy to to look at these industries and think maybe you're a marketer, or maybe you're a writer, maybe you have some of these other skill sets that are like, quote, unquote, softer, I don't consider them to be soft skills, but like, some might categorize them as and to think, oh, this isn't the place for me. This is all conversations about things that I don't know, technical concepts that I don't understand, or I don't care about, frankly. (laughs) And I think that to that person, I would say, like, I, it, it, we actually, these industries need you desperately to be able to um, translate what this technology does and what it means for people in their lives. Like, I think that uh, actually a big failure of the crypto industry so far is like comms. I think that we've done a bad job at communicating the value of this tooling and this tool set to the average person beyond speculation. And I think we're feeling the effects of that now with kind of how the mainstream journalists and establishment press have decided to start covering crypto. Yeah, I think that that translation layer uh, and that consideration about how technology is integrated into your life is so important and needs humanists in those roles.
0: Yeah. And it's something that's nearly an afterthought and having people who have that ability to communicate complex things to a broader public and they understand the technology, it can be really hard. And it's something that I've seen in the legal community, that skill set be in a way undervalued. And I feel like it's a glow up time because every technology is going to become more and more relevant, I think, to so many different industries. And if you have that ability to understand it and communicate, project manage, it's a huge thing. So
1: totally. um, I mean, I'll even go as far as to say I'm only interested in technology as it relates to how it improves my lived experiences, how it makes my connections with other people better, stronger possible how it makes the world feel more equitable or just like i i technology is a means to an end i i am curiously interested in some of the things that are being developed like i have a, a curiosity about like sort of the novelty of technology but it, it is only like as interesting as how it's being applied for our lived lives so i think that that's something that yeah i feel really passionate about
0: do you feel like the Web3 dream is gone? There, there's a lot of optimism I felt whenever I first st- started learning about Web3. Where, you know, one thing I loved about it is it is a very community-based concept. Where, again, going back to the Discord server, that is having hiring people to be community managers is a thing, and I was like thinking, this is a wonderful, this is wonderful the, the, mm-hmm. that that focus is being given to a role like that. Do you think that's going to go away as hmm. the technology evolves? Or do you think that web three, people kind of taking control of certain things like
1: their data? Do you think that that's going to happen? <laughs> Interesting. As an inter- interesting question, there's a couple different layers to that. I mean, I think first and foremost, I think the branding of crypto and web three sucks. I think that people don't get it, don't want to get it. And now it's kind of a tainted, toxic, dirty word or concept. I I still use it all the time. And, just, and it's still very much in my vocabulary. But when I'm speaking to people who are new, I'm using more language around an ownable internet. So, really driving home the idea of the value of web3 and what it unlocks is the ability to own things on the internet in a way that we never were able to before and what that unlocks for your experience of being online and that that is i think directionally where i'd love to see the conversation move towards because i think it It roots it again in that experience for the end consumer and less about the technology itself, which again, should just be a means to an end. I think that your question about Web3 or like sort of these communities and sort of the hype around them, is that dying? Maybe it might be. I think there's I I see people make a really compelling argument online about how crypto or Web3 tech should start to be abstracted away and should start to be sort of pushed into the stack of some of the applications or things that we use online and that as that happens i do think that as as you start to see the technology less and you start to it starts to be more and better and more seamlessly integrated into the things that we use every day then yeah maybe the sort of community of web3 will sort of move into other places. But I kind of think that if that's happening, that's okay. <laughs> you know, like right. I think that that's healthy. I think some of the the communities around NFT communities and our communities, I think that's kind of a different thing, because that is less about the technology. And that's more about identity. But um, yeah, I think we, we may see it as it becomes more abstracted, that it, it will be less of a conversation. But uh, I think that will be a good problem to have.
0: Well, I I completely agree with you. And we've seen that with other technologies, maybe not as, you know, pervasively talked about. But I know in my world of eDiscovery, Internet of Things was the rage topic yeah. at conferences. And now people don't talk about it, but it's subversive. It's everywhere. Totally. It's in our and Our beds have metadata our phone, you know, our, our ovens have metadata now. So because of the internet of things, but we're winding down here close to the end of all of the, the new technologies that are coming out there that are, that's behind the wave of AI that's taken everybody's attention. What is your, your favorite little type of tech out there that may not be on anyone's radar right now?
1: That's a great question. There's a couple of things that come to mind. The first one is I'm really into embedded NFC chips and especially NFC chips in unexpected places. So folks will have seen Chipped, which is the project that has that put an NFC chip in fake nails and basically has like, you're able to tap it to share your contact details with with someone that you meet in person we're also at boys club exploring nfc chipped apparel and like what the tapping of like the nfc chip could unlock like is that media is it media like is it like uh, videos like what what is it what's the experience that would be exciting for a consumer to to tap the hat or the sweatshirt or whatever it is so we're thinking a lot about that and i think nfc chips are just like so fun. And I think like just really rooted again in this like sort of consumer experience and making the consumer experience more joyful. So I love NFC chips. There's a company called IYK, which does incredible work. They're doing a lot of experimentation around NFC chips and putting them in different and fun and odd places. So I love that. I also really like Sort of like indie communities and like human scaled communities online. So there's one actually, an app that I just joined today called Perfectly Imperfect or Imperfectly Perfect, which is, I think has like 1500 users. It's on a test light, but it's really cool. People are, it's like Tumblr ish and people are posting weird, funny content. I guess sort of similar to like folks, some of these alt social media. Platforms like a Farcaster or or mm-hmm. whatever it is. But this one in particular is more focused on sort of the comedy and humor and the content. So I'm into that small, intimate online spaces. I follow and track like Urbit pretty closely and see, keep tabs on what they're doing over there because I think they have a crazy notion of what the internet could be if it was less noisy and more intimate. So those are some of the places that I like to keep my eye on. But also I'm always looking for the next new thing. So if there's something mm-hmm. I should be looking at, please let me know. I I love I new check.
0: Right. And it's there's so much out there. It's there's not enough hours in the day totally. to kind of stay on top of it all. So well, I will definitely be checking those out. Dina, thank you so much for joining us today on this episode of Cassie and I really appreciated it and look forward to meeting you in March in Austin. So thank you very much.
1: Thank you so much for having me. This was such a pleasure.
0: Great. And for everyone else out there listening, thank you so much for joining this episode of Cassie and